0: in worship. And we pray now, Lord, as we deal with a very difficult passage for us to hear today, uh, that you would grant us your Holy Spirit, Lord, to produce repentance and faith in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would guide us through this text to understand Jesus' words faithfully, so we might follow you uh, more lovingly. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is a fun text today, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, man, this is a tough one. This is one of those great times where like two or three weeks ago I preached a sermon about how when you hear the word in worship, like you don't get to decide what you hear. The scriptures speak to us and we trust the word and what it says and we try and follow what Jesus says uh, and we don't really get to say this or that about it. We're kind of going to trust the word and God's like, yeah, okay. And now in the next lectionary reading, we're going to talk about divorce and it's like, oh, great. Don't get to dodge this one today. This is a tough one. And I recognize today that as the Pharisees are coming to Jesus and they're asking him questions about divorce, and we're all coming in here today to hear the conversation uh, between Jesus and these Pharisees, that a lot of us are dealing with this particular issue from a number of different angles. There are going to be some of us in here this morning who are single, who are not interested in being married and are going to say to themselves, why do I want to sit here and listen to this? And if you are single, that is a blessed uh, calling from the Lord, and it's a good thing to be, and there's nothing uh, uh, to, to, to be upset about with that unless you want to be married, and you're trying to marry somebody, and I'm about to get myself in trouble, so I'm going to turn the ship here real quick. Uh, uh, but the idea here is uh, uh, there is something for you to hear in so you can be praying for people you know who are married and you can support them in their marriage. And if one day it's, it's the Lord's will and it's your will that you would be married, uh, there's something to learn here. There are some of you here today who are very happily married and you're in, you're in a strong marriage and you're working on your marriage. And I pray that today as we work through this passage, this text would, would encourage you to work harder on your marriage, to continue to pursue, you, to pursue your spouse in love and work for them. There are some of you here uh, this morning who are widowed and it's going to be kind of hard to think about marriage a little bit and it's going to be hard to think about these things and it may bring back all kinds of memories and difficulties. There may be some of you here this morning who are divorced and these are difficult passages for you to hear. And there may be cause for conviction or repentance or a need for healing. And there are some of you here this morning who might be uh, considering divorce. And if that's the case, I pray that Uh, you would recognize from these passages that that is not the Lord's will and that he would have you pursue the marriage stronger. To fight hard, it's going to be hard. If you're thinking of divorce, it's going to be hard to fix the relationship. But it's the most valuable work you'll ever do in your entire life. Whatever your position this morning is, however you're coming in here today, I may have missed something or someone in all of this. Uh, Just let me say this. I cannot take you aside each individually this morning and talk to you. But as it turns out, I only don't work on Sundays. I do work the rest of the week, you see. So if you have conversations or questions or frustrations that you want to talk to me about uh, with this passage and this message this morning, uh, concerns or fears or sorrows, call me. We'll talk. We'll work through it. And we'll pray about it together. But wherever you are this morning, when you come to this passage, I want you to come in today hearing this promise. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you with an everlasting love. And he forgives all of your sins, no matter how wide or how deep. And on top of that, he wants you to avoid and be free from any sin that would harm you or others. And with that understanding in mind today, we come to this passage knowing that Christ's will for us is forgiveness and healing and hope. And so today the Lord may produce in us repentance. He may produce uh, or may give to us forgiveness. But in all of this, his goal is for us to be at peace and at joy. The Lord's goal here today is repentance, forgiveness, and his joy. And so that's what we're going to think about as we go into the passage today. One other little note before we get into this passage today as we think about what's going on here. Uh, As the Pharisees approach Jesus, they're having a discussion. There's sort of two sides of the aisle. We wouldn't recognize anything like this in our culture. Uh, There's two sides of the aisle with different views on how they should think about divorce. And they're trying to draw Jesus into the conversation to see which side of the aisle he sits on. And guess what? Jesus doesn't sit on either side of the aisle. Think about that. All right. And so uh, they try to figure out which side of the aisle Jesus is on. But what's going on here is is something deeper. It's not just about marriage and divorce, the question today, but it's deeper than that. It's how are we to understand the law of God. See, when God gives his law, he gives it for particular purposes. God's law is given to show us how the world is supposed to run, how he created things to be, shall we say, righteous. There's a particular intention he had for creating this place. And there's a way he expects it to go, the way he desires it to go. When this law is functioning, his people are protected and his creation runs well. God gives us the law to make sure we are protected and we're not harming each other. The trouble with the whole thing is, is our sin. And we come in and we start sinning against the law. And so the law begins to expose our sinfulness. It begins to expose uh, how we are wrecking uh, both God's creation and the people around us. We like to say it this way, the law begins to accuse us for our sins. That which is supposed to guide us and show us how to live in a righteous and holy way becomes our accuser because we sin against God so what we're going to see today is what happens when we try and uh, sort of get around the accusation of the law by not repenting and turning to Jesus, but by looking for loopholes. You kind of have two options here. You either face the law or you run to Christ. And Christ promises to be there for you with forgiveness, with healing, and with hope. Your sins are forgiven because Jesus died for those sins, those things the law accuses. Those are the very things Jesus died for but the Pharisees, they don't want to have to deal with Jesus. They'd rather get out from under the law in another way, and so they look for a loophole around it, though the law has no loophole. So what we're going to see is sort of a specific instance of how people look for loopholes to get out from underneath God's will, but Jesus isn't going to have it. And in this case of marriage and divorce, Jesus is going to talk to us today about what God's intentions are for the whole. Thing. Now, if we were to look at the statistics in our culture, and you can almost make statistics do anything uh, that you want, but really the statistics about marriage and divorce in our culture are not very good. Uh, I think the last time I saw is something like 50% of marriages end in divorce. And if you know the statistics better than I do, uh, you can tell me about it later. Uh, but it doesn't, it's not as though this is something new. There's been problems with marriage and divorce all the way back to Jesus' day. In fact, and we'll talk about this in a second, but in that culture, uh, the Jewish religious leadership had all kinds of like, rules that allowed for people to divorce. And so that's the question here. Jesus, what are your views on divorce? Which side of the aisle are you on? Should divorce be easy or should it be really difficult? How should we think about divorce? And so here comes the Pharisees, and this is what they said. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Jesus says, what did Moses command you? The Old Testament law. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Now notice what's going on here in the passages. Jesus' opponents are very careful. Moses never approved, let me say it this way, Moses never commanded divorce. Divorce was never something part of the design for marriage, but he allowed for it. Why? Jesus goes on. He says, it was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What God has brought together, let man not separate. Jesus is saying, Moses made space for it, because your hearts were hardened against God. See, he's saying if Moses hadn't made this provision, people would have suffered more. Women and men would have suffered more in that culture if these provisions hadn't been made. But that wasn't God's intention. That wasn't God's will. His will was for the marriage to stay together, for there to be love and unity, for two to become one, to start families and build societies and to create this beautiful thing. And what uh, what divorce does is it comes in and it damages what God has designed. It ruins his creation, and it harms his people. And now Jesus has to be strict with this, because as I just mentioned, in his day, uh, they were all uh, pretty loose on divorce. Some schools of the religious leadership were very strict, and some of the rabbis said, you can't really get divorced for nearly anything, except for a couple of of, uh, sort of nuances here and there. Uh, But some schools were a little more loose, and they said, you could divorce uh, your wife over anything, whether it be from Uh, Adultery to burning dinner. Insert joke here, move on quickly. Now, here's the deal. In those days, women weren't allowed to divorce their husbands, but husbands could send their wives away. And and the majority of the Jewish schools agreed that divorce was allowable. Now, we kind of laugh at that about the burning of the food kind of thing, but it's not as though that our culture is all that much better. We find all kinds of flippant reasons to get divorced. And sometimes divorce comes for very serious and difficult reasons, but sometimes it's because we just don't feel the same way we used to. We've lost that loving feeling, you know. And so because we're numb to the, um, or the other, dam- we damage one that God has called us to love. And so Jesus says, divorce is never okay, period. And now I know exactly what's going on in your brains right now. The what-abouts show up. Jesus says it's never okay, and we're like, "Ah, but what about? What about in the case of adultery? What about the case uh, of abandonment? What about abuse? In such situations, uh, divorce, we will say it this way, in such situations, divorce might be necessary. But we can all agree, I think, that it's not good. It's the result of somebody ruining something that God has created. Divorce is the result of or the cause of damage in the life of someone made in God's image. Oftentimes both people made in God's image. And, but damage is done. And it's not God's will that his children would be damaged and hurt. as disciples, as we've talked about very often here the last few weeks, we are called to care for everyone God has given us. And the primary person he has given us is our spouse. Is our children, is our family. Whether it's your parents or your kids or your spouse, Christ has called you to love them just as Christ has loved you. Just as Christ has sacrificed everything for you, so you are called uh, to sacrifice everything for your spouse, to work hard for them, to love them. Such love and forgiveness that we receive from Jesus translates into the way our relationships work. And so we must seek to uphold the goodness of God's creation. Now, we're going to get very specific here, Um, and so uh, uh, I want you to think through some things here this morning um, as we we talk about this a little more deeply, a little more specifically. But Here's what we kind of want to take from this today, I think. Speaking to us as disciples today about marriage and divorce, the first thing I want to do is this. If you are married here this morning, let these passages do this for you. Let Jesus' words do this for you. Let them show you that you need to fight like tooth and nail for your marriage. Now, notice the prepositions. I said fight like tooth and nail for your marriages, not in your marriages. You see, the prepositions matter a great deal here. Fight tooth and nail for your marriages. You need to learn. See, here's the deal, guys. Here, here's the nonsense that we have in our cultures that love is like this feeling. All right. Oh, we just feel like we love each other. And then we don't feel like it. So now we're not going to be around each other. No, like that feeling comes from hard work. You've got to pour your life into your spouse. You've got to sacrifice for your spouse. You've got to work every day for them. You've got to wake up for them and with them and talk to them and pray with them and date them, continue to date them. I don't care if you've been married for two years or for 65 years. You continue to date your spouse. You continue to work in ways that show they love you or that you love them and so that they feel like they can safely love you. A couple of really practical recommendations for this. Uh, first thing I want to recommend to you is a book called The Five Love Languages, and if you've never read that book, I really recommend you do. It teaches you uh, how your spouse will probably feel loved by you and how you receive love from them. It's a very helpful thing uh, because sometimes in a marriage it feels like you're speaking a foreign language to each other and you just can't seem to communicate. That book will help with that. So that's, that's the first thing I want to recommend to you. The second thing I want to recommend to you is this. Every day, uh, pray together. Read a psalm together. And I'm not telling you, like, this is something I have to work on too. Uh, but pray a psalm and work through... Uh, Pray together and read a psalm together every day. Be in the Word together. You don't have a whole ton of time. We're a very busy world, but sometimes if you can just take 10 minutes and do that, it's pretty remarkable. Wives, honor and respect your husbands. Love, sacrifice everything you have for your wife. Love as Christ has loved you. See, That's where we start. We fight for our marriage. Now, if you are a person this morning here who in some way has been hurt by divorce, I want you to hear this this morning. The Lord's ears are not closed to your cries. He knows what it's like to suffer at the hands of one that he loved very much. I'm not sad, I just didn't get a lot of sleep last night. (laughs) He knows what it's like to suffer at the hands of someone he loves very much. He came to give a kingdom to his bride and she put him on a cross. He knows your pain and he hears your cries. So know this about your dear Lord. He will not leave you and he will not forsake. He is a God of restoration and redemption and you are his. His promise to restore you, uh, restore to you what someone else has damaged in you is sure and certain. He will restore you. He will heal you. He is your forgiving Jesus. And again, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Now, your part in this is simply this. To pray that he would work forgiveness in your heart lest you allow Satan to get a foothold uh, because of bitterness, which is a very real uh, possibility. But in all of this, know that you are his forgiven and beloved child. It was not his will what happened to you. And he will not leave you or forsake you. Finally, if you are one who has damaged someone else in divorce, or you are considering a divorce, hear this. Repent. It is not okay. Damaging another of God's children is not something our good Father in Heaven takes very lightly. You need to repent to your God. You need to repent to everyone who has been damaged by you and for what you have done. Repent and seek mercy from your God and know this, that even for you there is forgiveness and there is restoration for you through the death of Christ. But... You need to repent. Do not think like you've got away with something. And if you are pursuing a divorce, it is not too late. It is not too late. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, it might be too late. It's not too late. It's a long uphill battle. But you have a church behind you, and you have a Jesus who wants you to be together. You need to pray for the Holy Spirit to give you strength you need. Repent and to forgive just as Christ has forgiven you. There's hard stuff today. But as disciples, we don't join the Pharisees in seeking loopholes from the law on how to get out of our responsibilities that God has placed upon us. Rather, we need to recognize that God has called us to love everyone he has given us as much as we possibly can and to fight for this love, to work for this love. And though Christ uh, focuses us in on marriage today, this applies to all of our relationships. And it's hard because we are sinners. And so as we continue to fight for marriage, as we continue to pray for marriage, as we continue to serve the very people to care for everyone God has given us, especially in our families, we must do so remembering this wonderful news, that you are the bride of Christ, that He has washed you clean with His blood, He has purchased you and made you his own so that he might present you to his Father as a pure and blameless bride on the day of judgment. As we fight for this thing, as we we wrestle with this thing, as the devil attacks us with all of these things, let us remember the good news that we do this as people who are forgiven, loved, and restored by Jesus our Savior. Amen. Let's pray.